0: Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight.
1: We're joined this morning by Joanne Vaughn, who is the Executive Director of the Maryland Federation for Art. How are you this morning? I'm good. Hey, thank you very much for calling, and I want to say congratulations. I know you got vaccinated. We pushed this off a couple different times for some scheduling things, so um, but that was obviously the best reason to push something off. So congratulations on that. And we need to learn about Maryland Federation of Art. Maryland Federation of Art is a, in the most simple sense, a gallery on State Circle. And I do know that. I've been through there. I love going through there and seeing the different exhibits that are in there. Tell us a little bit about the organization.
2: The Maryland Federation of Art is actually a whole lot more than Circle Gallery. Um, Maryland Federation of Art has been around for 58 years. And we are a nonprofit visual arts organization that exhibits current work created by living artists. So we bring to Circle Gallery on State Circle, as well as to other venues throughout Maryland, sort of the best in both art created by local artists, as well as art created by artists all across North America. I can very confidently say that we think it is the best work that's being created right now, because it is selected by some of the people who are the best in the business, people that work at the Smithsonian, or the Baltimore Museum of Art or the National Gallery. Um, artists from across the country apply to be in our exhibition. Um, the exhibition is curated and selected by experts, and we exhibit the work for somewhere between 30 days to six weeks, depending on the venue.
1: Interesting. Well, I mean, are, so you guys are a nonprofit. You are not an affiliated with the state. You're not a state entity or a state arts organization?
2: No. We receive money from the state as do other arts nonprofits. Sure. Um, and we receive money from the county, um, from the County Arts Council. But no, we're an independent nonprofit. I think at the time that MFA was created, there were several sort of different state federations of art. But since I wasn't there in 1963 when they formed the organization, I honestly don't know the background on the name.
1: Okay. Well, uh, you know, the art is just so important and it, it has so many different ways that it manifests itself. And I've been so excited about Annapolis in that in the last, especially 10 to 15 years, art has really taken a a large step to the forefront of our community lately. I mean, we look at the public art that's out there. We look at attraction that Annapolis holds for artists to come to. We've had, you know, Art Week. We've had, you know, all sorts of different events that are focused around art. And a lot of times we walk around town and we don't realize how, Integral it really is to our community. It could be statues, it could be murals, it could be obviously we can talk about paintings and we can talk about different modes of art, photography, and everything else. But it really is part of the fabric of our community.
2: Well, and that's that's so true. And we exist to make that fabric stronger. I mean, we view art as being a bridge between people and ideas. Visual art in Annapolis, like you said, there's, there's public art. I wish there were more, and I'm very excited that the city is actually. Going to put aside some money just for public art, uh, yeah. But I also think that you know we have a commercial art scene here that is pretty traditional. There's a recent cooperative gallery that also recently opened. So so those people that are working directly with artists um, can bring a different flavor of art to the community. So yes, I mean at Circle Gallery we exhibit pretty landscapes and we exhibit still lifes, but we also exhibit macrame sculptures that hang from the ceiling or digital art that's projected or things that are cut out of lasers, we can bring a different kind of art that would not be seen here. And I think that's really important when you consider not just the location on State Circle, but also the makeup of some of the children in, in Anne County who may not have the opportunity to go to Baltimore very often or to go to D.C. very often, but can, for free, come into the gallery 360 days a year and see a vast array of what art looks like. Because some people may choose to express themselves through painting or drawing. But some may do it by creating collages of sound objects and putting together things made up of buttons and, and army men and Barbie dolls. Um, And so all of these different ways of expression can find themselves into the community. And the more expression we have in the community, the stronger that the fabric of the community that you were referring to is.
1: You talk about the different methods of art. I mean, I remember when we had and we don't have it anymore. And I'm kind of sad. But the Fringe Festival that happened for about four or five years, I think, there. And it was, you know, you had a car that was covered with little gadgets and knickknacks and stuff like that. I mean, that was, you know, street art. You had... Uh, I know they put a car in the middle of West Street at one point and they gave everybody paint and they could paint this old 1972 Ford LTD or whatever. And I ended up seeing the car probably about seven years afterwards and I thought it was hysterical. Art is really everywhere and I know that on West Street we talk about the mural on Tsunami that really sort of kicked off the awareness I think of public art um, when the city went through that whole lawsuit and everything else. And I think it's a fabulous expression on – the wall that we that we can sit there and see, um, you know, some of the murals that are around town are, are beautiful. I and I buy my art. I I obtain my art. Not you know, I don't get it, if you will. I mean, I, I don't say, oh, I see, like the, it's got the lights. I don't. I just look at something. And I say, you know, that resonates with me. I don't know particularly know why, but that's what I appreciate about the art is that it really makes you think and it's hey, I like this. Why do I like this? Uh, I'm not sure, but it really gets to me.
2: Well, and. I- that, speaking about the the mural at tsunamis, it elicits a reaction from you. And even if it's something that you don't personally care for, you're not ignoring it. So art sometimes is there to be pleasurable and make you happy. And that tends to be the sort of thing that, that certainly sounds like you collect, that I collect. But it's there to elicit a reaction. And sometimes it's not necessarily a favorable reaction. And that's okay. The idea is, did the artist say something to you? And did you feel something in return for that? And that's where it starts the conversation. So MFA's mission is to create meaningful connections in the community through art. And we know that not all of those connections are going to be, you know, sailboats and faces of flowers. And some of them will be things that people react to in a negative way. We had a show that was a, a Fiber show a couple of years ago and we have a, a little survey that people can fill out when they leave the gallery as far as did they like this, the exhibition or not like the exhibition and most people, you know, give everything like a three or a four on a basis of one to five and this one got like almost all fives or all ones. It's art that people hadn't really conceived of before. A lot of the comments was, I didn't know this was art and some people found that Great that they were pushed a little bit as far as what their definition of art was. But some people were uncomfortable with that.
1: I've got to think that that probably tells an artist that, hey, I, when I am resonating, I am spot on. And
2: yeah, no, and some people don't, uh, some people want to resonate more than others is what I would say. Some people are disruptors. We've had a, an artist who is from Arizona, I think. I know what that was. And he paints with motor oil not with, I mean, the first time a painting came into the gallery and it said it was, it was ecologically derived oil. And so I kept sitting there thinking, what is this? What is this? You know, is it any sort of oil paint I had heard of? And then all of a sudden I realized he uses motor oil to paint. And all of his paintings are about the use of fossil fuels and how bad that is for the environment. Um, The first painting we had was about the oil still in the Gulf several, several years ago. So he wants people to be disrupted and think. Some artists want to paint, like I said, a very beautiful vase of flowers. And they want somebody to feel a sense of calm or, or appreciation of beauty. And so it depends on what you're trying to do. And not everybody wants to make waves but some do. And so it's interesting when we're in the gallery to see how people react to different kinds of art.
1: It's, you know, it's interesting. I know I'm, I don't want to pick on murals too much, but you talk about eliciting a response and I'm just thinking of two murals here in Annapolis. You've got the most, or one of the more recent ones of Carl Lester Smith on the side of Pinkies uh, liquor store mm-hmm. on West street and Carl Lester just passed away. Mm-hmm. Everybody I've talked to walks past that mural. They smile think very nice things this is a guy that you know had not a care in the world and really cared about the city and cleaned up the city and everything else and what a great honor tribute to have him on the side of this building you go up the road a little bit up west street a little bit there to um the Brianna Taylor mural over on 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 the park on the basketball court i haven't met anybody who is uh not angered and not feeling the pain that that happens to represent and mm-hmm. and it's really the two. That's that's the one and the five. When you sit there and you rate your art, um, it's you know it, it really does get into you and elicits lets elicits, elicits a visceral reaction.
2: But yeah, and, and that's that's what art should do. I mean, art, and like I said, it's not necessarily a a good or a bad reaction. It can be something in the middle. But sometimes it's a memory. We've we've had events during Paint Annapolis, which is our, our signature outdoor plein air painting event every June, um, people will sit and watch an artist paint. And then they want to buy the painting, not so much because of what the painting is of, but because they sat and watched the artist paint it. And so when they go past that painting in their home, they're like, oh, I remember sitting there at Dinner Under the Stars on West Street, watching this artist paint this painting. And so it brings back a memory that they have. That's sometimes why people buy artwork uh, when I travel, because it's a memory of being somewhere else. And so I think, you know, you're surrounding yourselves with things that are meaningful to you. And and that's what art should do is it is personal. It, it should be bought to make you happy and not to impress anyone else. It does not need to be monolithic. Um, I have everything in my home from traditional plein air oils to an eight foot uh, collage of Sophia Lauret and all of it makes (laughs) me happy. And that's why it's in my house. So I think the important thing is, is for people to realize that art is well within their reach. It is affordable. It is something that you can put in your home instead of posters, and there's, I've got posters as well. There's nothing wrong with posters. Art, especially purchased locally, will be something that will bring meaning to you long after you've collected other things. The best way, I mean, the arts have been harder hit during the past year than any other profession except for the hospitality industry. Now, it's primarily, you know, the venues, the performing art venues. But the best way to support an artist is to buy art. You know, at Circle Gallery, we love having people come in and look at the art. We love people appreciating and reacting to the art. But I will tell you, the artist wants you to go home with something meaningful for you.
1: Do you guys at Circle Gallery, I mean, is the art that's in there for sale?
2: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, some art is price on request, which means the artist either couldn't figure out a price or they're holding it for something else. But, you know, 90% of our artwork is for sale we sort of rotate between shows that are primarily by local artists and then follow it up with a national show. For example, in May, we will have primarily local artists. In June, we will be exhibiting the Annapolis work. Um, and then we will follow that up with a national juried exhibition of found object work. So the work I spoke about that's made out of buttons and army men and and whatever. Um, which is very fascinating, very different um, than anything else you see in town
1: now as the executive director are you the one that's responsible for making planning this all out as far as okay we're gonna do local artists in May and so forth or and and selecting the art or is there a board that does that?
2: so so there's a committee of volunteers um, who plan out our schedule and obviously, I have input on that schedule, but they're the ones. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, they we expanded some of our offerings uh, in twenty oh, in two thousand nine. We expanded the number of national shows we did. I'm very involved in anything we do that's offsite. So we did a show in Ocean City in nineteen. We're doing one in Cumberland in twenty one. We're doing one um, this spring at Calvert Marine Museum. At Sol- in Solomon's Island, um, the art is actually selected by professionals in the field. Where artists can upload their work, and then the whoever we select to uh, curate the show views it all you know, digitally. And from those images, they select the show. And then we work with the artists to get their work to Annapolis. And then if it does not sell, we work to get it back to them. Um, the UPS is a frequent visitor to the gallery because we do have boxes coming in from all across the country. Um, filled with just, you know, very amazing things. I mean, it can be artwork made out of beads. It can be artwork that's, you know, beautifully painted. It can be paper collages. It can be, you know, lithographs or etchings. Um, you know, it's, it's always, I had one person who worked with me for a while that goes, it's just like Christmas. I get to open boxes all the time. (laughs)
1: Um, and, and that's what a lot of my friends said during this whole pandemic thing with Amazon rolling up to their front doors <laughs> time and hey, it's like Christmas again. What do we what do we order today? How can people support I mean, okay, support the arts, buy a piece of art. That's the most simple thing. How can we specifically support Maryland Federation of Art? Now the website I just want to throw that out there too is mdfedart.com. dot com. Pretty simple enough. It's the abbreviation of everything except for art dot com. Right. But how can we support hey, you?
2: You can support us in several ways. The easiest way is to become a member, and you can do that on the website. Um, We have artist members, but we have non-artist members. And we have specific programs that are for people who are interested in art, whether they actually participate in taking a class in painting or whether they simply appreciate what they see. We obviously, as a nonprofit, we take donations. you can also come in and if you buy art, um, we take a very small percentage. We'll take um, between 20 and 30 percent, depending on if the artist is a member and what the show is. So significantly less than a, a commercial gallery. But I have other ways of raising money that commercial galleries don't. Um, and you can actually invite guests to come to Annapolis and stay in a hotel because the Arts Council here gets a percentage of the hotel tax. And that is passed on to local arts organizations. So, uh, so there's lots of ways to, su- to support MFA, um, and, and other arts organizations, because I do think you're correct. I think that the art scene in Annapolis has grown. I think it is thriving. Um, we're very pleased to be a big part of the visual arts scene here, but, um, but it's the sort of thing that, that makes our town a lot more vibrant.
1: No, it certainly does. It certainly does, and of course, I'm assuming you take corporate any kind of corporate sponsorships as well, right?
2: No, we have we've had tremendous support um, over the past 20 years from both uh, Volvo Cars, Annapolis, and Annapolis Subaru. They're owned by the same family. Um, P and C is now a huge sponsor of ours. Um, we have National Harbor has actually sponsored oh. um, some different things here, and then hosted us to have an event out at National Harbor.
1: Well, so, you, you had mentioned earlier that you said that you're not just at Circle Gallery, so you're down at National Harbor too?
2: Um, we have been um, for, for just one event so far. Um, basically, I will look for any place that we can put art, because the art does no one any good in the artist's basement. What we want to do is get art out in the community. And for a long time, we worked with a couple of different stores storefronts that were closed to get artwork into their windows. But art, visual art, is meant to be seen. And so if there is a venue that is interested in hosting art, we work with two different restaurants here, um, Paul's Homewood Cafe and Seoul, uh, to change out the art in those restaurants on a regular basis. Um, We have worked with the Maritime Museum before. We have worked with uh hospice of the Chesapeake before. Uh, we pretty much believe that if you've got blank walls or you don't like what's on your wall, we can work with you to to get something up there that will make you happy and that will make your customers happy and that will make the artists happy.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's a great idea. I mean it sounds like a like a perfect win 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 for everybody to be able to yeah. to be able to do that. Now, how did, how did you get into the art world? Have you been, were you born into the art world?
2: No, I'm not an artist at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've worked in nonprofits all my life. Um, prior to this, I started and then ran the Annapolis Book Festival at Key School for seven years um, and, and really enjoyed that. I, I don't paint, but I do read. And my brother owned a bookstore while I was growing up. And I happened, to, I wanted to become the executive director of a small nonprofit organization. And I happened to see, you know, the ad advertising the position of executive director of Maryland Federation of Art. So I made my sister, who was an art history major, go to every gallery in town with me, including Circle Gallery, so that I felt that I could speak, you know, comfortably about why Circle Gallery was important and why the art at Circle Gallery was important, and therefore why Maryland Federation of Art was important. And the minute I walked in the gallery, I could see the difference. Because a commercial gallery has to sell what sells. And like I said, in this town, that tends to be reasonably traditional. It has to appeal to the market that wants to walk in the door. I mean, we exhibit plenty of work that we know isn't going to sell in Annapolis. But we think it's something that people in Annapolis would like to be and should be exposed to. So one of the first things that was in the gallery when I was I was hired in 2008, um, which was a very interesting time to take over a nonprofit uh, right before the market crashed. And we had a boat that was made out of little teeny tiny paper leaves that had a tree growing out of it. And then the leaves were falling down in different you know, patterns as they were sewn together to to make this look. This, this is not something that's going to sell in Annapolis. It might sell in D.C. It might sell in Baltimore. It might sell in New York. But, gosh, it was just great to be able to present it in Annapolis, to bring something like this to town that people who want to go out to the galleries, who want to see something different, can look at and appreciate and enjoy
1: yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes total sense. So you've been there since 2008. So you jumped in at the uh, end of a recession or in the middle of a recession.
2: <laughs> well, middle. I, I started in July 1 of 2008. And as the next 18 months, I would say, were, were pretty challenging. You know, I thought all along, well, that's okay. This is the worst it's ever going to be. And boy, did I suffer from a lack of imagination. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea that we would ever have to close and then have to totally redo our program. So in March of 2020, as a community organization, we have a contract with the community to present them with, with art. That That's the deal we make when we take a tax deductible donation, is that in return, we do something for the community. And so we had to sit down and think, if you can't come in the gallery, What should we do? Well, the easiest thing, obviously, is you just put every exhibition online and all of our exhibitions are online anyway, because our program that I was talking about, our software program that allows artists to submit work, creates a a sales gallery for every exhibition. So, you know, we, we sell art online a lot. So it was easy for us to close our doors and just say, well, we have the sales gallery and we can exhibit the work. But, But does that fulfill our mission of creating connections in the community? Well, no, because it's static. Just because we put it up there doesn't mean anyone sees it. But we had to totally rethink a a virtual side of our program. So there's a a local art historian named Will Scott, who used to be senior staff at the National Gallery, now retired here, and he's on our board. And twice a month he sits down with an artist and on Zoom. They talk about this artist's work, and we invite anybody who wants to watch that to watch it for free, and then we post it on YouTube, and you can access that through our website, and we've had more than 5,000 people watch, we will talk to different artists about their work. We can't bring the jurors, these people that select the shows from the National Gallery or the Smithsonian or the BMA or the Walters or Virginia Museum of Fine Art or wherever they come from. Um, we can't have them in the gallery to talk to a crowd of people about the show anymore. So again, we do that on Zoom. So it works into a, almost a juror critique where the jurors and the artists talk about the work. And anybody who wants to see this can either join us in real time or again, they can go to our YouTube channel or to our website and and see these works. So we've we've really expanded We've almost doubled our program in that we not only present visual art that you can see and touch in a physical building. We have online-only exhibitions. We have online exhibitions that address a cause or a concern. We did The Art of Protest and Black Art Matters. We did Six Feet of Separation, so different shows that anybody can exhibit their work and make a statement with it, and then we vote on a people's choice winner. And that's done virtually. So anybody in the world can vote. And then we, and then we have these, you know, the well talks and we have the, the online juror discussions. So our program has exploded in 2020. By the time we reopened mid July, I had to think about how, how are we as a very small organization going to be able to staff this? Um, We had two full-time people and that was it. And, and I'm one of them. So, and I don't know anything about art. So, you know, it, so, you know, we were able to, to hire another person. Um, and some of that was through donations and some of that was from a grant from the, uh, the county arts council. Um, we've been able to, to juggle both the virtual program and the physical program. Um, and it, it's really expanded our reach in the community and, and the good part of this, is that we could have done all this pre-pandemic. We just didn't.
1: just and needed something to kick you in the butt to make you do it.
2: Exactly. You know, inertia is a very strong <laughs> uh, force and and you don't change unless you have to. And it forces to change. And, and in doing so, we think we've made more of an impact in the community and more of an impact nationally in bringing visual art to more people and getting more people to understand the thoughts and the motivations of artists to participate in creating the
1: work. Have you found, have you sold more art as a result of this? Do you think, or do you know?
2: We our sales. Sales are not more than last year, but they're not down considerably. Um, I was talking about pain and apples previously, and we were supposed to have held it in June of 2020. And it got moved to September and I thought that sales would decrease 20% because we couldn't have a reception. Um, and they, they decreased 6%. And we didn't, we didn't do as well as 2019, but we did much better than...
1: Anybody anticipated, anticipated. sure.
2: And, and a lot of the work was bought online. Right. Um, so, you know, I think most people want to see something um, they want to experience the art if they're going to purchase it. And, you know, between being shut down and then having limited capacity and not being able to host a reception, which is basically a party for artists and their friends and the public, and that's when the public tends to buy. Um, sales are down some, but not not appreciably. Um, but participation is up. Our engagement, because we we, we will judge our engagement figures every month. And our engagement is up over 3,000%. So we are definitely making an impact in the community through art.
1: Well, you're not alone on that because I know in the performing arts, I know the Annapolis Symphony Orchestra, uh, again, as everybody did, and I hate the word pivot, but that's what they had to do because they couldn't have live performances. They went to their Symphony Plus platform where they're able to turn around and make this Symphonies available to pretty much anybody across the globe, and they're finding that the and I don't want to say the little because it makes it sound like it's an it's a you know podunk type of an organization, but the the little, relatively speaking to the New York Philharmonic or the London Symphony or anything like that, the little Annapolis Symphony has a worldwide reach now, and Mm -hmm. they're gaining a lot more people that are going, Hey let's check out what's going on at the Annapolis symphony, whether that be in person at Maryland hall or whether that be online on YouTube or on their Facebook page or whatever. And I imagine that's probably very similar for Maryland Federation of the art as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So therefore I think, you know, this has changed the game for every arts nonprofit and probably other nonprofits as well into how they are going to make an impact in the community and how they're going to define their community. And so it's it's different to think about, well, I run a gallery in Annapolis versus I run a, an arts organization that exhibits work from art across the country and exhibits it around the world. You know, it, it, it really raises your eyes as to, you know, what you can do and who you're doing it for.
1: Well, you had mentioned that May is a local artist exhibit at the Circle Gallery. And June is your big signature event this year. And it looks, I'm so excited that right now we're recording this in the middle of March and that it looks like things are starting to, I don't want to say return to normal quite yet, but I mean, they're, get, they're getting there. They're inching their way there. Things are starting to happen. We're able to get out and do things safely, which is wonderful. So tell us about Plein Air and Payton Annapolis. So, Annapolis is one of
2: the biggest, plein air events on the east coast and we draw artists from all across the country um again like you would say in in pre-pandemic times we would have european artists come and participate as well but and canadian artists but i i don't know if we'll be there yet um i have 25 professional artists confirmed and then we'll open up the week to any artist who wants to come paint so in september we had more than 80 artists out on the street, painting. And it was a week when the weather was beautiful. And I think it was such a a lift for everybody. Um, air painting means you paint what you see with a light that you have. You don't go back in the studio with a photograph of what you're painting and and touch it up. And the reason it's different is the light is always changing. So the light never stays still, it moves. And most people would associate that with the impressionist. So that's sort of where the movement started. You got out of the studio. You you paint what you saw, what you see. Um, so these artists will come to town. They paint for five days. Their artwork is for sale. These are you know, primarily big time professional artists, um, and they compete for awards. Uh, we have again someone, not me, but but someone qualified in in the field of plein air painting. Who will come and present awards to the painters? Um, they're very excited to see each other. A lot of them do a lot of these events, and they they sort of move around the country doing them. Doing them. Most of the events this year have been virtual, and so I think by June it's going to be a real lift. And even if we're semi in semi normal, but not quite normal state by then, you know, plein air painting. You're outside. You're by yourself, and you're six feet away from anybody. So it's a perfectly safe activity. Um, they'll they'll be painting all over Annapolis uh, both during the day and then they most of the painters will do a nocturne. So that's when you paint at night, right? And they they do it for two reasons. One, the light is different, so it's a different challenge. And the second is I really like nocturnes, so I make them do it. <laughs> but uh, typically, that's painted um, on Wednesday nights because of dinner under the stars. So uh, if you're comfortable going to West Street um for dinner under the stars the week of June sixth, then you'll probably see some artists out there painting.
1: I tell you, I do love that event every year because it's it's very interesting. You turn a corner in Annapolis and boom, there's a guy sitting on a chair with an easel painting, the state house. And you know, you go down to the Maritime Museum and there's somebody painting Back Creek and you, you know, you go down to City Dock and there's somebody painting, you know, the kids standing in line to get ice cream at Storm Brothers. And it's really very fascinating to sit there and watch these guys do it. I mean, it's it's. I have zero artistic talent, um, but I I'm amazed every time I sit there and look. Now, how do they select their locations? I mean, do they just do you just sort of like have a, a starting line and say, okay, on your mark, get set, go?
2: Yeah. So, so we define the area where they can paint it, and they love coming to Annapolis because you have waterfront, you've got boats, you've got historic buildings. But you also have areas where you can go that you know there's there's more land than buildings. There's you know a landscape to paint. There they can be by themselves. There's some industrial places to paint. So, th- so it provides a lot of material for the artist to paint. They take their own spots, and so like I, I can remember one nocturne. When three people were standing in almost the same place on church circle painting the Maryland Inn at night. And that's one thing we want to give them a big enough space to paint so that we don't get all the same paintings. Um, typically there's one of chicken roots every year. Uh, there's always one of the state house at night every year. Um, but we wanna give them enough space that, that the paintings that come in are, are different and interesting. But we want to keep them close enough in town that people get to see them and enjoy them and enjoy the process of art as well as understand that artists live and work among you. I mean, children see teachers and firemen and doctors and dentists and, you know, they don't see visual artists. Visual artists tend to work by themselves. You know, everyone should know that artists are in our community. Artists may live next door to you. They may live across the street or down the road, that that's a profession that you too can pursue. If, if, you have the time and the talent and the technique, apparently unlike you and me, but, um, but the ability to, to really want to express yourself through visual art.
1: We've got May Day coming up in May, and then we've got mm-hmm. Paint Annapolis coming up the first week in June. So, I mean, it sounds like it's a one-two punch for some beauty. Uh, in certainly the historic district, and actually Eastport, I guess it jump out. I mean, I don't, I don't ever see any of your plein air painters uh, out on Forest Drive. Oh,
2: they'll, they'll be, they'll be all through the city. So, and in some parts of the county as well, um, Jones Green Park, Quiet Waters, um, some different places where they can get, like I said, some different views of the city, and and find some different places to paint. So, so they'll be around.
1: What are your hours at the Circle Gallery? The Circle Gallery, you enter off of State Circle, and you go down like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say an alley, but you go down sort of like a little bridge that jumps right. jumps you into the gallery there. But what are your hours, and right. how can people see your stuff?
2: So we are in a historic building. It was built in um, the 1820s, and we're right between Chancery Lane and then the Shaw House, which is government offices. There's a big black gate with a red 18 on it. It's the 18th State Circle. You go down the rock walkway and you enter the building. Um, and we are there seven days a week, uh, from 11 to 5.
1: What are your exhibits that you have now and what may be coming up? Do you have?
2: In April, it will be a, a national art on paper exhibition. So primarily printmaking. So like etchings, lithographs, mezzotints. Message- as well as watercolors, collage, sculpture made out of paper, anything that's made out of paper um, will be exhibited in April. May is a member show, so primarily local. Um, June is Paint Annapolis, and then it goes into a a national found object show. So the work that I said is made is art made out of stuff, and and then another member show. So so it kind of does rotate between, like I said, the the local exhibitions and then or the exhibitions of a primarily local work, although we have members in 38 states. Um, but most of our members are are regional, um, are mid-Atlantic.
1: Well, you mentioned a couple of membership-only shows. So mean membership, how much is membership?
2: Membership is $70 for 365 days.
1: But you're it's only open 360 days.
2: But you're a member every day.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> what do, What is the benefit of a membership? And, and uh, obviously the big benefit is that you're supporting Maryland Federation of Art and Absolutely. the art community and the artists. Um,
2: if, if you are an artist and you're a member, you have more opportunities for exhibitions. So we have almost twice as many exhibitions, or we have as many exhibitions that are just for members as we do exhibitions that are for any artist. So we give you more opportunities to show your work. Um, whether you are an art artist or an art enthusiast, um, we have different programs that are open just for our members. So, uh, so different. I mean, different receptions and talks about about artwork that used to take place, and and now you know would be programs that that are online only. Um, and we'll have to see how that shakes out. Because again, our membership is in 38 states, and so keeping a virtual portion of our member program is important.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, I am. You know, the things that – out of our conversation that we've talked to that surprised me and shocked me is that this organization is about as old as I am, uh, <laughs> which I don't know whether that depresses – it might depress me too. I don't know if I think about that too much, but um, I didn't realize that you guys were everywhere, that you know, you're know, you out in the community. I mean I thought – I knew that you had the gallery, but I, I didn't realize that you were down at National Harbor and down at Paul's and down at Seoul, um, another good – Great restaurant in town. Both both great restaurants in town, actually. Yeah. Um, no, we've
2: exhibited in town a lot. I mean, we we've, we've done exhibitions in con, you know in conjunction with Maryland Hall, um, with other nonprofits, and then again, like I said, all over the state. Uh, through May fifteenth, we have an exhibition at Calvert Marine Museum. Um, next summer, we're doing an exchange in Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, last year we did, like I said, we
1: did one in Ocean City. So Yeah, so you're so you truly are Maryland Federation of Art.
2: Yep. As just like the name says.
1: Well, I'll tell you, folks that are listening, mdfedart.com is the website. Please visit the Circle Gallery. The address is 18 State Circle, and if you're just walking around State Circle, um, it's on the main street side kind of about halfway down the circle before you get to Maryland Avenue and all that on the right. And it is a great little building. Joanne Vaughn, who is with us, is the executive director. And she's been there since 2008, steering the ship and steered it very ably over the last year, I might <laughs> I might suggest. <laughs> um, and hopefully we're looking forward to getting out of this muck that we call COVID, looking for plein air painters in Paint Annapolis on June 6th through 13th. And get out there and look at what these artists do and how they capture the town. And one thing that you said earlier is that people will sit there and watch somebody painting the scene and mm-hmm. buy that buy that painting. And I'm mm-hmm. like thinking, you know, it'd be so much easier just to stand behind the artist and whip out your cell phone and click and take it. But you know what? It's not the same because you know you've got you've got what. Apple or Samsung or wherever the hell makes your cell phone says that you should see. Um, this is out of the eyes of a real live human being that's there that you shared, you know, you shared space with, you shared an experience with, and you know your remembrance of it may not be exactly as it was portrayed, but it's a uh, a real live living painting and not just a uh, image that was quickly captured on a cell phone or a selfie. Definitely get out and check out Paint Annapolis. Uh, all that information will be available at mdfedart.com. And I think painanapolis.org is also a, a domain that you guys have when that rolls around, right? Correct.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. Joanne Vaughn, thank you very much for your time this morning. Again, congratulations on getting your vaccine. And I look forward to uh, saying hello when I stop by 18th State Circle in a little bit.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me.
0: It was great. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit IonAnnapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.